0: Hello and welcome to a very special edition of our show, Tag1 Team Talks. This is top number three in our mini-series with our guests, the engineering team of the Drupal Association. My name is Preston Soh, I'm Editor-in-Chief at Tag1 Consulting. I'll be the host of today's episode and moderating it as well. I'm joined today by uh, three of my dear friends and colleagues in the Drupal ecosystem. First, uh, Tim Lennon, who is the Chief Technology Officer of the Drupal Association. We're also joined today by Neil Drum in New York City, who is the senior technologist at the Drupal Association, not too far from where I am as well in New York City. And we're also joined by Michael Myers, managing director of Tag One, who joins us from the Berkshires, Massachusetts. And Tim joins us from Portland, Oregon today. So uh, let's just jump right in. Um, You know, I think one of the things that people are really interested in right now, as a result of this amazing migration that we've talked about several times now on the Tag One Team Talk show, is this migration over to GitLab and the amazing capabilities that that introduces to uh, the workflows that contributors uh, wanna engage with on a daily basis. And one of those, of course, is the whole merge request paradigm in GitLab. Now, Neil, I understand that um, you've been doing a lot of recent work on kind of enabling and supporting uh, forks and merge requests in GitLab, as as well as this new project that we spoke about uh, previously, GitLab CI. So very briefly, I wanted to ask, just for those of us who uh, might not know about what forks and merge requests mean, especially those of us who aren't as familiar with GitLab, why is it that the community is so excited? Why is it that contributors to Drupal are so excited about forks and merge requests in the Drupal community?
1: What's the history
0: behind this as well? And and, and why is this such a big step for us?
1: Yeah, so Drupal has had a patch-based workflow. So to contribute to the code, Drupal code base, you'd have to make your edits and then make a patch and upload that. And it's just not a uh, workflow that a lot of people are uh, familiar with if they've started development in the, since GitLab has existed or GitHub has existed. So we're looking at modernizing that and really leveraging Git so that people can push their changes to each other and the maintainers of the project can pull those, merge those into the projects themselves.
2: I, Very I, cool. would, I would add to that. One of the reasons that it's sort of particularly exciting for people like me who aren't the, the hardcore of the hardcore engineers or developers is it, this actually ultimately enables a complete like end to end contribution in Drupal, all that can be done in the browser like you can uh, start your fork of changes. Use the web IDE to, to make your suggested changes comment on that with the maintainer all all getting pushed back to the issue open your merge request have it merged without having to use a command line interface without having to run your local development environment necessarily or any of those things. So I think it'll make it accessible to a lot of folks who want to make smaller changes or are making their first change in the Drupal ecosystem and hopefully make it easier for them to join our community.
0: I love that. And, you know, one thing that I, that I do want to mention is that, you know, I think that the Drupal association, obviously uh, with uh, the support of Tag1 has been really working to improve that developer and contributor experience in ways that. Uh, are really unrecognizable from how those previous paradigms were working, and I think that's a huge testament to um, just how much technical heft is behind this kind of migration. And so we've just talked about merge requests and forks and how they allow for contributors to, as you said, Tim, make these small changes and make maintainers' lives easier. Um, but I also know that they're, uh, that these issue forks and merge requests are also going to be part and parcel to the existing drupal.org issue queue. Now I know that one of the things that's always been interesting as uh, a source of, of, uh, both joy and despair has been how to integrate that drupal.org issue queue with some other platform. So I'm curious, why are we kind of bringing all of those paradigms that GitLab provides into the drupal.org issue queue, as opposed to just migrating over to GitLab issues? Wouldn't that be easier? Good
2: question. I think there are certainly ways in which it would be easier, but there's also some pros and cons to that approach that haven't been totally resolved. So for example, if we were using GitLab issues, anybody who's used GitHub or GitLab, totally familiar to them, right? It's very simple. It's very easy to use, not hard to do at all. But on the downside, the the metadata that you can use to organize your your issues you know in drupal in our issue queue you have a component drop down for what aspect of your project you're you're working on you have a version drop down to organize what what you're filing the issue against there's sort of limited taxonomies that we currently use to organize things in the drupal space that you can sort of substitute for in the gitlab space using their custom labels functionality but I'm not quite sure that it would work at our scale just yet. And, you know, in my own experience, I've never yet seen a GitLab project or even a GitHub project, I don't think, that had more than like 20,000 open issues on a single project and, and Drupal core has that. There's almost 30,000 open in, in Drupal core right now and almost 100,000 for Drupal core just in the total history. So there's a lot of this metadata and information that's, that's useful for understanding, sorting and prioritizing open issues That I'm not quite sure we could replicate yet. Um, And furthermore, the whole contribution credit system that's part of what we do just isn't available in the context of of GitLab issues. So I think by taking this first step, we can maximize both what we do well and what happens uh, well using the GitLab tooling, as well as create a bridge for maybe exploring more of that in the future.
0: That's very interesting. You know, I think that the you know, the challenges around Drupal.org and the fact that, you know, as you mentioned, Tim, there are so many open issues, so many artifacts, so many uh, things that we have to consider makes this something that, you know, we can't just, you know, lift and shift over to a new uh, kind of paradigm for this. But, you know, one of the things that I think would be really useful is to dig into some of the fundamental concepts here. And I think that, you know, for those of us, especially like myself, who, you know, I've only used GitLab in passing Only in certain situations, I've never actually used a merge request workflow all the way through. Let's start with some simple term definitions, I think. So, you know, maybe Neil, this is something for you. Uh, What is an issue fork and how exactly does this differ from making a fork on a platform like GitHub, which a lot of folks are familiar with?
1: Yeah. So in the Drupal community, especially contributing to Drupal core, but a lot of the big, bigger contrib projects as well. There's a lot of collaboration going on. On average Drupal core has five, about five people contributing to each issue. And we wanted to make sure that we still have that collaborative aspect. You know, with a patch uh, workflow, anyone can download the patch apply it to their uh, local code base, uh, modify it and upload a different version of that. So what we're doing is having issue forks, uh, one fork uh, of the repository per project or per issue where anyone uh, can get access to that and push to any any branch in that fork. So if you know, it's a straightforward issue, people can keep pushing to the same branch uh or if there's some divergent ways to p- potentially implement the fix for that issue you can have multiple branches and that's really that's the key thing that's different for for Drupal uh with a fork on github it's really in your namespace and you're the one maintaining it and you are you're expected to push that issue through to completion. If, if you still have the motivation to do that and want to get it, get it solved.
0: One of the things I love about
1: this new paradigm, you know,
0: obviously one of the biggest issues I think that uh, is tough for contributors is, you have to create a new patch, a new interdiff, a new X, Y, and Z every single time. And, you know, all of us have aliased commands now to do those sorts of things in our respective terminals. But this really kind of turns the whole model on its head and, and, and really kind of makes Drupal uh, very similar in a lot of ways to a lot of other open source projects that allow you to do exactly that sort of thing where you have an issue for it, You push uh, changes to it. You can keep on pushing changes to it and it's automatically updated. There's no need to kind of manually uh, upload patches, manually do the sorts of things that have been done before. I love that about uh, this kind of, uh, new milestone for us. Um, so let's talk about how these issue forks uh, figure like, so one thing I'm having a little bit of trouble wrapping my head around is, so if we have an issue fork, um, like how does that differ from a pull request in GitHub? What's a merge request? And what are some of the things, you know, given that we've got this amazing history behind Drupal and these modern tools that we're looking to adopt, what are some of the special considerations or nuances that Drupal projects have to face when it comes to enabling GitLab style or GitLab native merge requests?
1: So yeah, as far as I know, pull requests and merge requests, they're pretty much the same. GitLab uh, calls them merge requests, GitHub calls them pull requests. They're both, the maintainer can merge a branch in. And yeah, what those are, uh, merge requests, is once you've gotten uh, some work in a branch on the issue of work, ready to ready to be tested and ready for review, you can open up the a merge request for that branch, and that will set up a place for people to comment on li- lines of code, set up a place for the Drupal CI to start testing the testing the merged commit, and the collaboration in the re- review phase of completing an issue.
2: And that's sort of like the RTBC state almost for in old Drupal parlance. It's like when the issue is sort of ready for review for community testing. You know, it's needs review or RTBC somewhere in between. You open that merge request, you kick off the tests, and people can comment directly on the technical solution. And Neil, you did something clever with the way the merge request, those comments actually appear. Because, because one of the issues is once you open that merge request, now there's a second comment stream. There's the main issue and then there's the merge request comment stream. Can you can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So
1: with Drupal issues, what people are used to working with is a single thread of conversation. Everything's chronological people refer back to comment number, whatever. And if you're coming to an issue, you can look back to when you last visited it and just read through and know that you've seen everything about that issue. So that's something that, that we want to preserve with this. So we are bringing all the activity from the merge request, the commenting on specific bits of code, and those are threaded comments as well. You know, GitLab does a good job of that UI, we're not going to rebuild that, but we'll bring back that activity to the issue page. So the comments on the merge request will be interleaved with the comments on the issue. And something that we are doing that's a bit different than the existing Git integration under the hood is. With the existing Git integration, we're bringing all the Git metadata into Drupal.org's database and maintaining basically a copy of the Git repository in the MySQL database, but we're skipping all of that for merge requests. That's all of that activity is brought in with JavaScript on the front end. So it's much less for us to keep in sync and we can really lean on having a light integration and letting GitLab do what GitLab's good at.
0: I love this because, you know, it kind of keeps the the Drupal.org experience intact in that, you know, people go down their familiar pathways, their familiar happy paths to get to issues that they need, you know, which I think is a very, very important uh, aspect of this. But they can use those really nice added little uh, functionality that uh, GitLab provides embedded in that issue queue. It's, it's really an incredible kind of, kind of thing. One question I had, Neil was, uh, does this also enable things like uh GitHub style inline code comments where you can comment on code diffs or lines of code, or even particular, uh, you know, keywords or, or indications within the code.
1: Yep. Yeah. So yeah, GitLab has the commenting on lines of code in the diff or on the in the commits and those are threaded can mark threads as resolved or not. So can keep track of what bits of the, what bits still need to be resolved. What else does it do? They have suggesting changes. So it's a little bit of cumbersome markdown syntax, like a one line suggestion to change is pretty easy. You could do multi-line too, but those are, they're improving their UI for that. So yeah, it's really the full featured, what you would expect from a code review experience nowadays. Wow. That's incredible.
0: You know, the fact that there's even code suggestions is remarkable. I'm really excited to try that out. And I think this is really revolutionary for Drupal. You know, I think one of the things that. You know has always been somewhat of a a, you know maybe maybe not um, you know definitely a problem in some ways but actually a good thing in other ways is the fact that uh, every single drupal.org issue becomes this compendium and this long kind of bookshelf annals of history of every single person who's ever had a thought on that issue Um, and you know i think that you know you know a lot of us who are in the drupal contributing world are very used to that kind of model where you see this single chronological thread that goes through the issue. You have one single source of truth for all the activity. But on the merge request, I think it's really great that you can have these multiple threads of conversation. You have these, you know, you have the ability to have sub-conversations that don't necessarily muddle some of the higher level discussion taking place. I think that's amazing. So quick question, when exactly is this all gonna be available? I just looked on Drupal.org, I don't see anything there right now. When is it going to be around and when can we try it out?
1: So yeah, we enabled this uh, in beta for some projects, the week of DrupalCon global. And right now there's over a hundred projects that are using this right now. And the issue forks and merge requests, those are all in a pretty good spot. The bringing activity back to the issue, that's kind of a, I'd call it a proof of concept. Right now, there's a lot more kind of detail and UX work we could do to make that look a little better. Like we have a little resolved flag or not resolved flag for those threads, but we could probably do like a bigger visual treatment because you really don't need to care about the resolved threads probably. And the big chunk we have left is, actually integrating this with Drupal CI. So, we will probably get into that a little bit later. Wonderful. Yeah.
0: And I think that this, this is, this is really exciting, you know, because, you know, obviously it's in, it's in a beta where you want to make sure to iron out all those potential issues that might surface all those potential foibles or head scratchers that might kind of uh, come out. One curiosity that I had though, is, you know, I'd love to keep in track and stay in sync with the state of the beta and some of the learnings that you all have uh, at the Drupal association. So, out of curiosity, how can I, you know, in the time before, you know, this all comes out, how can I find out about where the beta stands right now and what's currently available to be used in that data?
1: So the easy to remember URL is get.drupalcode.org slash issue. And that has a link to the documentation where we have the current status at the top and uh, links to all of the issues that are in progress for actually building this out. You know, Drupal.org it's a bunch of modules and we work in the issue queue for the most part. And yeah, the opt-in uh, for your project is linked there and yeah, that's the best place to get started.
2: Yeah. I would add we've had, as Neil pointed out, we've had more than a hundred projects opt into using this Forks and Merge Request functionality. For many of them, it's mostly the existing maintainer or maintainers just using it to do their own work a little bit faster and more efficiently, but there are some larger projects in there as well that are doing it with external contributors. And so far, the feedback has been really, really positive. It's been a very successful data. And so really, it is mostly a focus on UX improvements to what's already there and enabling testing before we'll be able to start moving out.
0: Wonderful. And we definitely want to see that uh, uh, UI uh, as stable as possible and as usable as possible. Uh, By the way, that issue that um, Neil mentioned, uh, we'll link it in the uh, notes of the show. Uh, That's issue number 3152637, opt-in to the Drupal.org issue forks and merge requests beta. Not a very clear title of what it's trying to do, but uh, (laughs) Uh, Neil, I think I might have cut you off. You were about to say something there.
1: Let's see. So yeah, the next step will be enabling these for a Drupal core. So yeah, we're really looking forward to getting at, testing the limits when the, this, these are used collaboratively, multiple people contributing to an issue fork, seeing how that goes and uh, testing out on some core issues. And similar to opt in per project, we'll be able to also opt in per core issue. So can test that out with a few hopefully short lipped issues to exercise it a bit then you know I think once it's gone through that proving stage then it'll pretty quickly go into general availability and we can always uh, we'll keep iterating on the UI from there, and the main functionality gap is testing right now, that's the, the one thing we don't have. So once a merge request is open, shipping that to uh, Drupal CI and having that test a merge co- what would be the merge commit, but we're in the, I think the final stages of getting that working.
0: I'd love to dig in a little bit more into, uh, kind of the challenges with Drupal CI. You know, you mentioned that you know testing is a very big challenge. Is there any insight that you can share about kind of what sorts of things about Drupal CI make it challenging to integrate with merge request tests?
1: So for the first pass we're going to stick with pretty much the same Drupal CI. It'll be testing the main difference will be in the code base setup. Instead of applying a patch, it is fetching the ref of what would be the merge commit if it was merged from GitLab. So it's testing both the what's in the branch and upstream version uh, of the upstream. But uh, GitLab CI is something we're really looking forward to implementing. And that will kind of force us into a more, even more container-based workflow. It's there. Everything's containers and we're using containers for Drupal CI already. It's not really a too big of a leap, but, uh, uh, kind of the big part is the code base assembly, getting core uh, core and all of the modules to be tested. That is not in a container right now. Yeah. So my. Co-worker Ryan's working on that, and yeah, it'll be our first really using containers as a full stacks so that amp Kubernetes, because that's where GitLab goes. And still a lot of other details to figure out as well, like cost, making sure that we can do these all on spot requests with AWS
2: to save costs, Uh, but that looks like there's a way to do that now, and... Yeah, I mean, stepping back a little bit, part of the the reason that CI in general for Drupal is complicated, that's just not specific, not specific to Drupal CI as an implementation or what the GitLab CI implementation will look at is just the scope of what we do for testing in the Drupal project, right? We have, as as, uh, our coworker Ryan likes to say, we have this Cartesian product of all of the variations of what you're testing. So, are you testing this patch from that issue on that branch of that project on, you know, this database? Like, which version of MySQL? It could be one of, you know, six versions, or of Postgres, or of, um, you know, which version of PHP are you testing against? And so, you have all these combinations of testing variables um, that go into each. Um, set of testing. So the complexity it creates is in both the experience of configuring and choosing what is available to test as well as like managing the defaults to make sure that we're testing what's most important um, and saving money on sort of unnecessary duplicate tests. And then, you know, whenever we look at integrating the CI system into using GitLab CI as its sort of dispatcher to re- replace our custom dispatcher. We have to make sure it accommodates those same workflows, those same, those same combinations and permutations of available environments and, and code base and configuration, plus we'd also like to make it possible using some of the tools that GitLab CI can use for, for users to define their own custom environments. Like right now you can't use uh if you're testing something with the search subsystem of Drupal, you can't stand up a test infrastructure that has solar servers set up, for example. So we'd like to make those sorts of things possible on a on a relatively limited basis because resources aren't aren't unlimited, but that would be powerful as well. So those are some of the things we're looking for as kind of like the follow-up work to getting the initial initial merge request testing in place. Yeah. Done resources
1: with Drupal CI, we go ahead and throw uh, relatively large AWS instances at testing. So 64 processes, processor instances, and they, that's why core testing gets uh, done in the only an hour. Uh, it's just not the sort of thing that would fit into the free or open source tier of Travis or hosted GitLab.com testing, yeah.
0: Wonderful. And, you know, I think it's very exciting to hear about all of these, uh, you know, features that are, that are currently, uh, you know, running the gauntlet right now through, um, all of these uh, kinds of, of, of considerations. One of the questions I have, though is, uh, you know, when is kind of that threshold where after you know, obviously we enable things like merge request tests and all of that. When do we envision this to come out of beta. I know that we talked briefly about this before, but You know what, what are some of the deliverables that the Drupal Association is waiting for before just turning this on for everyone.
2: Yeah, I mean, it really is. I think, I think the two gates we're waiting on are when core is able to test you know, two or three issues. And when the merge requests are enabled, I think we're ready to say go and flip it on for everyone. And that could be, I mean, I hate giving dates. It's so dangerous as an engineering manager to try and give any dates, but, uh, but it could be very, very soon. Like it could be within a month or two, depending on how, uh, depending on how carefully we choose which core issues to test it with, right? We wanna pick those sorts of non-controversial issues that can do the whole life cycle quickly. But the remaining technical challenges, as Neil said before, getting the initial testing service set up is almost done. It's something he's been working on for the last couple of weeks since DrupalCon. And then, and Core is, is in actually a, a good position in the Core release cycle to, to pay, pay attention to these test issues. So yeah, it's going to be very, very, very soon. So I'm sure there'll be um, an announcement on Drupal.org when we go when we through with it, but yeah, I'd love to see it sort of before the, the, the summer or rather the, the fall equinox, if we can manage it. <laughs> yeah. And it's, yeah, I'm not
1: too worried about turning on too soon. Cause that's the sort of thing. Like we can keep patch testing turned on to test the last few patches and we're not forcing everyone to change their workflow immediately, but I'm sure there'll be some maintainers who might say, yeah, you know, the maintainer of the project can certainly say, I'm not going to suck more patches, please post a merge request. So yeah. yeah, we'll, we'll have both running in parallel for a little bit, but uh, probably not too long.
0: And one think, final
1: side question, um, venturing a little bit further out,
0: you know, I think a lot of people, uh, we've shared a little bit about kind of how, you know, Drupal CI fits into this larger picture. And I think a lot of people are very curious about the future of Drupal CI. What's the future hold for Drupal CI?
2: I, you know, I think we covered some of this in, in Neil's earlier comment, but yes, that's exactly the idea is to take is to look at GitLab CI as a as a replacement for not the entire end to end stack of Drupal CI, but for the the, the orchestration layer that dispatches and coordinates a requested job to the Kubernetes environments. Well, the Kubernetes cluster that will spin up your environment container with your appropriate PHP version with your custom requested solar instance for whatever you're testing, right? And it looks like GitLab CI will actually be very well suited to that. So that'll be a great place to, to replace a wholesale, a major component of the Drupal CI infrastructure with the sort of standardized and off the shelf system that GitLab CI provides. So very excited about that.
1: Yeah, we won't miss our, our Jenkins instance for dispatcher (laughs) and uh, yeah, standardizing to have this be even more container based will make it easier for people to run locally as well. And yeah, just more flexibility since containers are relatively standard nowadays.
0: Well, I can't imagine why. I mean, Jenkins is really bleeding edge, isn't it? It's, uh, you know, uh, (laughs) uh, anyways, uh, absolutely. I think it'll be great to see uh, all of this move over to uh, container-based architecture and and leveraging some of the latest and greatest like Kubernetes. So so one question is, uh, you know, obviously we talked a lot at length about the technical underpinnings and all of this amazing work that goes into making this happen. And I can't imagine that you know, it's, 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 it's been a very easy road. Um, one question I think that a lot of contributors have, a lot of folks in the Drupal community have is, how can we help? What are things that we can do as a community to uh, take some of the burden and some of the workload off of your shoulders, Tim and Neil?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's two major areas. So the first one is the, the user interface and UX review. That's a more niche cause. So for all of the Frontenders enders and UX folks who are listening, please, please, please come help us out in, in understanding the best way to create that good user experience with that single-threaded conversation we've talked about. That's something that we'll continue to refine even after this is released to the general public. So we'd love that sort of help. But the other obvious one that anybody who works on Drupal.org and maintains a project can do is opt your project into the beta. You find that link in the description below this podcast and, and jump on board and help us test things out. Neil, do you want to speak to maybe how, what people should look out for specifically as they're doing that beta testing? Yeah, it's just,
1: getting more use cases for, for using these, uh, using merge requests. Yeah, there are a few decisions like the, uh, there's a few configurations on merge requests for what type of merge commit gets gets made, for example, but yes, having more examples, uh, more use cases uh, so we can uh, see how things look all together.
0: Cool.
1: Wonderful. Well, once again, you know, I
0: think that uh, everyone is very excited for all of the goodness that will come out of the GitLab migration. Obviously so many nuances, so many complexities to resolve. I don't think that, you know, we can thank uh, the Drupal Association and and, and and both of you enough for the incredible work that uh, you've been doing. So, uh, and now for something completely different, we have a segment on the Tag One Teen Talk show called the Aside Tag, where we can share something cool or interesting that each of us is doing with the audience watching us today or listening to us in a podcast form. Uh, it could be something as simple as playing with a new technology, I saw an awesome movie, trying to do some uh, home building, as I know is a common thread on this aside segment. So without further ado, I want to go ahead and and turn to you first, Tim. What's uh, What's going on in your life right now
2: on the aside tag? Yeah, so gosh, I feel like every call I keep talking about how the weekends blur together. So what I'm trying to do is find new interests and things to do. So I have never been a big flight sim geek or anything like that, but I saw some of the trailers for the new Microsoft Flight Simulator where they have a full rendered planet Earth with a combination of AI-generated buildings and hand-sculpted 3D assets and a full physical simulation of weather with volumetric clouds and all this stuff. And so I'm nerding out about the weather simulation possibilities. I'm going to have to figure out how to fly the damn planes just so I can look at the weather. But uh, that's coming out sometime soon and something I'm looking forward to, to just give me something new, something variety, uh, some variety on these weekends.
0: Wonderful. Uh, next up, Neil, what's going on in your world?
1: Let's see. Leading up to DrupalCon Global, I was just spending a lot of time on, on this project because I was excited to get it done. But yeah, I had a little time since then to watch the Netflix Wild Wild Country, the documentary about the Rajneesh cult in Oregon, so that was a... Yeah, intense. Interesting situation they had. (laughs) For
0: sure. That's wonderful. Uh, Finally, Michael Myers, what's going on in your world? I am loving our new dog, Collar. It's from Orvis. It's called Conceal a Collar. We live in a uh, tick-infested area and so we have a tick collar, this, the Ceresta tick collar on the dog, in addition to his dog collar and all the tags. And this collar, as concealer collar would indicate, actually puts the, the, the tick collar underneath the main collar. So you don't see it, which is great because it's like chemicals and I don't want to really be touching it all the time when I'm like petting him. And it looks great, makes him even more handsome. Um, <laughs> and you can personalize it. You know, he looks rather dapper. And we could put some information on it, which uh, allowed us to remove one of his tags. So less uh, jingle jangle. Uh, so everybody's happy. It's, it's great. I love it. Check it out.
2: I love that. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I want to see your dog on the next Drupal Pet Spa fit, at some <laughs> upcoming Drupal camp or something like that. And we got to have a, a fashion show.
0: <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait. <laughs> Absolutely. And last but not least, I'll, I'll go ahead and share something that's going on. Um, you know, I've been recently struggling to find uh, good television to watch. Um, you know, I, I, I generally am not a TV watcher, but it's been, you know, it's, it's hard. I mean, we're, you know, definitely need some distraction. Um, and so one of the things that I've been doing is on good authority, I've heard that watching Star Trek is a great uh, distraction during this uh, time right now. And I'm already about uh, 90% done with the first season of the original series. And I got to say, I'm pretty impressed. Uh, You know, growing up as a kid watching uh, Star Trek The Next Generation, Star Trek Enterprise, I don't even remember the titles anymore. And going all the way back to the original late 1960s show has been really eye-opening for me as somebody who's never identified as a Trekkie. So,
2: yeah. That's some good, good stuff for sure. My wife's favorite is absolutely the the original series. There's, there's no debate in this household over which trek <laughs> is the best trek. <laughs> you know, it is very interesting. I do
0: love some of the kind of low tech, lo-fi things they've had to do to, uh, to kind of simulate certain things. It's yeah.
2: <laughs> All righty. Well.
0: That's all the time we have for today. Unfortunately, I want to once again, thank our dear friends, uh, Tim, Neil and Michael for joining us on this episode today. As we mentioned during the talk, all the links that we are uh, talking about today are going to be posted online together with the video and information about this episode. And if you like this episode of Tag1 Team Talks, please remember to upvote, subscribe, share it with your friends and family, share it with your favorite Drupal contributor down the block. And also, check out past talks at slash tag team talks. And as always, we'd love your feedback and any topic suggestions. Feel free to write to us at tag talks at tagoneconsulting.com. Thank you so much to our guests today, and see you next time.